Church ground search of anomalies begins at Western Manitoba First Nation. Gonorrhea is spiking around the world and the virus is antibiotic resistant. A group of academics call for COVID-19 public inquiry and the U.S. slaps military leadership in Mali with sanctions for their reliance on the Wagner Group. Good morning. It's Tuesday, July 25th. I'm Nora and here are your headlines. First to Minigozibe Anishinaabe First Nation, a community in western Manitoba, where a search will break ground this week to probe where 14 anomalies were found under a church using ground-penetrating radar last year. The site is a former residential school, and the search is expected to last a month. CTV's Brady Lang is reporting that the search started with a pipe ceremony and a sacred fire was lit. The sacred fire will burn for the entirety of the excavation. In total, there were 71 anomalies found during the search at the entire site, but it isn't clear yet if all of the site will be searched. Economic Development Coordinator Brenda Catchaway told Lang that some of the anomalies might be searched next summer. The first excavation will start in the church basement of Our Lady of Seven Sorrows Catholic Church. And if you are a residential school survivor or impacted directly by the legacy of these institutions, you can call the Indian Residential Schools Crisis Line anytime, day or night, at 1-866-925-4419. Next to bad medical news. Canada is experiencing a spike in cases of a type of gonorrhea that the World Health Organization says is highly resistant to existing treatments. Canada isn't alone in experiencing this spike. It's occurring in China, Japan, Denmark, France, Australia, Singapore, and the UK, and other countries. The WHO blames the COVID-19 pandemic on the spike, which disrupted routine testing and prevention measures. Gonorrhea is the third most common sexually transmitted infection in the world. Cases in Canada have almost tripled during the past decade, reports Alexandra May Jones from CTV News. The virus can cause chronic pelvic pain and infertility in women. It can also become life-threatening if the infection spreads to the blood. The spike is related in part as well to how gonorrhea is mutating, rendering antimicrobial medications less effective. The WHO report says this, quote, resistance is outpacing new antibiotics for N. gonorrhea, the strain causing the spike. Regular listeners to this podcast will know that syphilis is also spiking in Canada. Now, from one virus to another, COVID-19 is back in the news. No, not because the virus is still around and people can still catch it. And no, not because long COVID has finally become a priority, but because experts from 13 establishments in Canada are calling for an independent inquiry into why so many people died from the virus. Recall that 53,000 people have died from COVID-19 in Canada. A report from Radio Canada's Melanie Milosh-Holubowski quotes one of those experts, Sharon Strauss is a geriatrician and epidemiologist from the University of Toronto who says this, quote, It's an occasion to reflect with humility what we've done. We should absolutely celebrate the good actions taken and keep in mind the future. But also, we must understand what we have to do better the next time. Ah, yes, the next time. The call for an inquiry will happen in a series of articles for the British Medical Journal, coordinated by the Royal Society of Canada. There are a ton of issues that a public inquiry could examine. 
For example, various jurisdictions in Canada often took contradictory decisions and gave incoherent advice to Canadians. When the Public Health Agency of Canada offered advice, it had no way to ensure that the advice was actually followed by provinces or territories. Each province and territory had its own way to manage the pandemic, from infection control to vaccination, and it was sometimes difficult for officials to explain their logic behind the decisions they made, reports Milos Holubowski. I read this article with great interest, of course, having written an entire book on all the ways in which Canadian officials bungled the pandemic. Here's hoping that the series in the British Medical Journal will keep the pandemic in the news and that governments are finally pushed into holding an inquiry into what actually happened. And finally, to Mali, where sanctions have been imposed by the United States against the country's defense minister and two military officials for aiding the Russian mercenary group, the Wagner Group, to gain strength within that country. The sanctions target Minister Colonel Sadio Kamara, Air Force Chief of Staff Colonel Aluboy Diaha, and Deputy Chief of Staff Lieutenant Colonel Adama Bagayoko. Antony Blinken accused the men of helping to expand Wagner's presence in Mali since December 2021. Since Wagner has been operating in Mali, civilian deaths have increased by 278%, and the U.S. Secretary of State blames Wagner for, quote, many of those deaths, unquote. U.S. Treasury Department official Brian Nelson said this, quote, These officials have made their people vulnerable to the Wagner Group's destabilizing activities and human rights abuses while paving the way for exploitation of their country's sovereign resources to the benefit of the Wagner Group's operations in Ukraine. Unquote. Uh, yes, it's always about these sovereign resources, isn't it? The UK sanctioned 13 people with links to the Wagner Group last week who are operating in the Central African Republic, Mali, and Sudan. Back in May 2021, Asimi Goita seized power in Mali through a military-led coup. By August 2022, French troops who had first been deployed to Mali in 2013 had finally been withdrawn. Since the coup, Malian officials have increasingly relied on the Wagner Group military might as they have continued to move away from their relationship with France. The coup in 2021 was wildly popular among Malians who had hoped that maybe a new government might bring stability and security to the country. There is also a peacekeeping mission led by the United Nations that has been operating in Mali for a decade, but Mali's government has asked the United Nations Security Council to end this mission. This will happen by the end of 2023. The U.S. has accused Wagner of quote-unquote helping to engineer the end of this intervention, including the evacuation of the 13,000 troops who were part of the operation. Human Rights Watch has accused Malian armed forces and the Wagner Group of executing dozens of civilians in late 2022. In May 2023, the UN accused the Malian armed forces, alongside foreign fighters, of killing 500 people. Mali's leadership has denied the accusation, though Human Rights Watch has talked to many people who reported seeing white men or foreign men speaking a language that sounded like Russian as being involved in the killings. For many years, Mali's government has been fighting armed rebellions from groups that have connections to ISIS. The fighting has spread to Burkina Faso and Niger, reports Al Jazeera. Mali's government has also broken its ties with France, not just military ties, and has moved closer to Russia. Now, I can't help but feel like this isn't the entire story. Is Mali a country where the military is hellbent on killing its own people with the help of Russia alone? Or is there anything else that's going on? To see if there's an answer to this question, I took a look at what else Mali's government has been up to. The country recently passed a new constitution, supported by 96.91% of voters, with some major changes for the country. 
Voter turnout wasn't great, higher than a Toronto City Council election, but lower than one in Quebec City at 38.23%. One major change that seems pretty good is that French will no longer be the official language of Mali. Instead, it will be a language of the workplace alone. There are more than 70 languages spoken in Mali, and some of the more popular languages will be elevated to official language status. From African News Today, quote, among the local languages, Songhai and Temeshek are widely spoken in the north, Fulfide in central areas by the Fulani, an ethnic group also known as Peyul, Bambara predominates in Bamako, and the countries far south, Senufo and Sonike prevail, unquote. Other changes to the constitution have been condemned, including by the leader of the Social Democratic Party, as there are now new powers given to the president to dissolve parliament. Those are your headlines for Tuesday, July 25th. I'm Nora. You're listening to this podcast at sandyandnora.com on the Real News podcast feed and syndicated on campus radio stations in various parts of Canada. It is Tuesday, so it's Sandy and Nora Day. I promise you I will drop an episode sooner rather than later, unlike last week, and I hope you enjoy it. It's a, it's a deep thinking episode and one that we hope will sail you into August as we take August off. I hope you have a great Tuesday.